0: good to be back and it's wonderful to have each and every one of you here this morning please turn with me in our hymnals to number 549 and we'll sing the doxology together 549 the doxology worship is hymn number 711. Let all the earth worship the Lord. Let all the world's citizens fear. Teach me your ways, O Lord. I would walk in your truth. Inspire my mind to worship your name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. I would praise you, O Master my God, with all my heart, and honor your name forever. O Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were given existence and life. How numerous are your deeds, O Lord, and all of them done with such wisdom. Your activity fills the earth. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 389, Just As I Am Without One Plea, number three hundred. us just the way that we come to him this morning. Let us pray together. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have united our hearts in worship already this morning. And Lord, as we come before you with the needs and requests that we have in our lives, Lord, you know of those needs. And you remind us again and again to pray to you about all things in our lives. And God, we are doing that right now. Lord, remind us that as we have our fears and our doubts, that you are there to calm those fears and those doubts. Remind us that it is with faith that we have to have with you as we come to you in prayer. Because in order for us to please you in our act of prayer, God, you want us to have that faith in believing. And so, Lord, as we come before you, we ask for that faith. Because we can't have that faith on our own but it is only through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we can have that faith, that we can have that understanding as we desire to seek your will for our lives. And Lord, we think of the needs of others, of family members, of friends, of patients here throughout this medical center, of family members that are visiting their loved ones. Lord, we lift them all up to you in prayer. We'd ask that you would hear their needs. That you would understand the graciousness of their lives that many times, Lord, even though they don't pray to you, they should. And so, God, we are asking to intercede on their behalf right now because we are praying for them. We are lifting them up to you in prayer. And, God, we'd ask that you would hear those needs of our family members, of our friends, of the patients that are here throughout this medical center, and of family that are visiting. And God, it is so good that you have taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 12, Blessed Assurance Jesus is Mine. Blessed Assurance Jesus is Mine. Hymn number 12. reading this morning is found in the Gospel of John beginning with verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and it has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have opened up our hearts and minds during this time of worship that we have had thus far. And God, I would ask that we would continue that act of worship, that we would allow the Holy Spirit in our lives to minister to each and every one of us as we need it, in spirit and in truth. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name, amen. The other day I was talking with someone and we were talking about a certain situation with different employment options. And as I was talking with him, I said, please always remember that anytime you're discussing about things about your career or about your future, think of this, I don't know what I don't know. And he actually took time to think about that. In other words, no matter how hard you try to take care of everything, no matter how hard you try to put everything in order, no matter how hard you try to control and predict the present and the future, I do not know what I do not know. I think within our own lives, sometimes we don't pause to think about that. I don't know what I don't know. But think about that expression just for a minute. I don't know what I don't know. What does that mean to you? That it gives you overwhelming fear? Does it give you overwhelming doubts? Well, the fact of the matter is, you and I don't know what we don't know. And it's not a rhetorical, philosophical question. It is the truth. There are things in our lives that are going to happen to us that we do not know about. I do not know what I do not know. And it's not there to give us fear. It's not there to produce doubts in our lives. Jesus is telling the woman at the well here something that she does not know. That I am the Christ. He tells her that I am the one speaking to you. I am the Messiah. I am the one that you are looking for. I am the one. You do know because I am He. Within our own lives, Christ has come to each and every one of us in a very special way. It was the Spirit of God that opened your heart, that ministered to you, that gave you the insight of what you did not know, that you needed to have Christ in your life. And if you did not have Christ, you were absent from the fellowship and the worship of God. God wants us to worship Him faithfully all of the time. Many times we do not do that. We don't worship the Lord faithfully because we feel sometimes that we are not worthy to worship God. But you see, that's exactly what we should be experiencing when we come before God in worship. Each and every one of us is unworthy to worship Him Each and every one of us has not done anything that gives us the right to worship God. On the contrary, God is seeking us because He wants us to worship Him for the betterment of ourselves. God does not need our worship. God wants us to worship because we are the ones who need it, not God. God wants life to be the way that it can be, the best way possible. And so when we come to God in worship, it's not because God needs worship. It's because God wants us to worship because it's one of the best things that we can do for ourselves is to worship God. Because unless we worship God, how can we understand the Spirit of God in our lives? And how can we understand the spirit of truth that God wants us to have in our lives? About ourselves and about our relationship with Him. He's telling the woman at the well that I am the one that you are to worship. It's not about worshiping in a specific place, specific location. It's about the worship that goes on on a daily basis within our own lives. No matter where we are, no matter what we are doing, God wants us to be worshipping Him constantly, all of the time. Now I know you're going to say, well that's impossible, I can't worship God all the time. Well why can't you? Can you be working and doing something and still be worshipping God? Absolutely. Can you be talking with someone and ministering to someone and still be worshiping God? Absolutely. Can you be going through different trials and different tribulations and different struggles and continue to worship God? Yes, you can. Because worship is an attitude of the heart and the attitude of the mind that we have before God doesn't mean that we don't get concerned and upset about things but God wants us to worship him all of the time in spirit and in truth regardless of where we are at regardless of the situation because even when we forget about worshiping God and we just think about it just momentarily it puts the situation that is in front of us in the proper perspective things that happen unexpectedly annoying things that happen you know and all of a sudden you can sense oh god you know i shouldn't be upset about this because really in the perspective of my life in the perspective of the act of worship that i'm doing right now this situation is nothing for me to get upset about and you see that's why we need to constantly be worshiping in our hearts and in our minds Because we never know when those unexpected things happen. We never know when those things that we do not know, I do not know what I do not know, will happen in our lives. But if our heart, if our mind is pursuing an act of worship in spirit and in truth, when those unknowns happen, we are prepared. We are prepared to deal with those unknowns because we know that those circumstances that happen to us are exactly that. Those are circumstances that happen to us. And we don't lose sight and focus about our relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. For you see, when we are worshiping God, we are actually self-regulating ourselves in terms of all of the daily routine all of the daily actions that take place and it doesn't mean that we don't get concerned or annoyed or upset about something but you know when those things do happen if you have a heart that has an attitude of worship you'll go back to where you need to be you go back to that place where you are in that relationship with God one on one And it provides you that peace and that comfort and that reassurance that you need to have. All of us have fears. All of us have doubts. But when we are in the act of worship, we understand that those circumstances are exactly that. Circumstances that don't matter much. I was in a meeting this week in Washington, D.C., with the leadership of many, many different denominations throughout this country, with the leadership of the chaplaincy of all the different armed force services that we have in our country. And as I sat there listening to the briefs that were going on about the different ministry that was taking place and the leadership of all the different chiefs of chaplains were taking questions from the leadership of the church of all different faiths. It was interesting that I was thinking about the perspective that how must God see all of this? How must God see the conflict that from time to time takes place within his creation? And I was overwhelmed by the fact that God sees a lot of these things as really no big deal in terms of the scope and the breadth of his creation. And in the same way, within our own individual lives, a lot of things that take place, we take them to heart. We, we think they're such a big deal. But in the scope and in the breadth of your life, how really significant is that specific event? Many times I know that I get wrapped around the axle, right, about stuff that really, truly doesn't matter when I look at the scheme of my life and what it represents. And in the same way, when we are actively worshiping God as much as we possibly can in all the different things that we are doing, we get a very different, unique perspective about our lives and what they mean and what they represent. The insignificance of the things that we get so upset about. And we find out in the realization of walking with God as an act of worship, the perspective that we need to have, the perspective that allows us to walk in that spirit, in that truth on a daily basis, that gives us that peace that passes all of our understanding, regardless of what situation it might be. For you see, God has created us, and because God has created us, He wants us to worship Him freely, willingly. Because God knows that the act of worship is one of the best things that we can do. Because you see, as we're worshiping God, what happens to our perspective? It focuses on the right things, doesn't it? It gives us that overwhelming peace. It is always my hope and prayer that as we worship together, that you experience some peace here with God, with the hymns that we sing, the prayers that we offer, the scriptures that we read together. And yes, I do hope you get something out of my message. But remember, it's okay because we only remember two or three percent of what the preacher preaches about. And I'm not offended by that. What's important is the time of worship that we experience together and the benefit that you get from that time of worship. The benefit that you get from the times when we're walking with God collectively as one body of believers in Jesus Christ because that's what we represent. And when we're worshiping together, We understand that we come to God and He receives that act of worship because we are giving it to God freely. He receives it freely. And we begin to see as we're worshiping the spirit and the truth that God wants us to have. And as we're worshiping, we understand the appreciation of us walking with God through the presence of His Spirit. And we can say that God is Spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. We can sense that in appreciation. We can understand it as we're walking with God and he shows us different things when we're worshipping. Because for that brief, short period of time when we're worshipping together, some of those perspectives that we have takes the proper adjustment that we need to have. And we don't become concerned about the things that we don't know about the things that are outside of our control. Because we find that comfort and that assurance as we worship God, as we worship collectively as a body of believers in Jesus Christ. But you see, it's not just what we do here on Sunday mornings. It's something that God wants us to do every moment of every day throughout the week. And that worship comes in so many different forms. As we were flying back yesterday from Washington, D.C., I was amazed of God's creation as I was looking out the window and I was seeing the sun setting in the west as we were coming here to Phoenix. And I was just overwhelmed by the power of his creation. That's an act of worship. That's an act of worship. The times that you come together and you have good fellowship with other believers, with friends. That's an act of worship. The conversations that you have. The guidance that you provide to one another. The things that you share about your lives to others. That is an act of worship. So God wants us to constantly be worshiping. Because in doing so, it does give us that practical application of what we all need to have. The application of walking in that spirit and truth about God. Because we do so because we want to. It's not only just an act of obedience. It's not only just an act of submission. But more importantly, it's an act of love. When we worship God in all the different things that we do, when we worship God reminding ourselves of the Spirit of God, the living truth that is in our lives, because you know it's there. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that living truth is in your life. And that act of worship that we do, that God wants us to do all of the time, is really the act of love that we have for God. Because we're showing and we're demonstrating, we're reciprocating the act of love that God did for each and every one of us by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins and for my sin. You know, we sang just as I am as our opening hymn. And I know many times it's sung at the end of a time of worship. But I wanted us to come to God in a very unique this morning. In a very unique way to say, God, as we come to you in worship, we do come to you just as I am, without one plea. Please accept who I am in you. Please accept what I have to offer in worship. And God embraces that. He embraces who you are freely and openly. He reciprocates the same love that you show and that you demonstrate to Him by wrapping you and hugging you with the Spirit of God that is present in your life. We do so because we want to. We do so because the essence in our worship is that we want to be complete. No matter how many hymns you sing, no matter how much of the Bible you read, no matter how much of the Bible you hear preached, the one act that makes it complete in terms of your walk with God is when you open your hearts and your minds wanting to worship God just as you are. And he embraces that. He forgives us of our sins. He forgives us of our transgressions. He forgives us of our mistakes. And there's a lot to forgive. I know for me there is. And when I come to him honestly and openly as a true act of worship, he reminds me of his presence. In my life. And the presence that God has in each and every one of your lives as well. And that's what makes us connected. Regardless of what your background is. Regardless of what your personal history is. What connects us together is our acts of worship together. That makes us one with God. That makes us one with Christ. That makes us complete. And God wants us to be complete in all things. And we are complete when we worship God because then we truly are embracing God the Father. We're embracing God the Son. We are embracing God the Spirit. And in doing so, we are acknowledging the truth of all three that are in our lives. The truth of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. The truth of the Trinity as it is represented in our lives. And yes, it is a mystery. But yet the reality of that mystery is how that truth and that spirit of that truth is exhibited in our individual lives. That's the application of our worship. That's the application that as God was revealed to us through His Son, We truly do hear Jesus' words as he told the woman at the well. I, the one speaking to you, I am he. I am he. And that's where God wants us to be. That as we worship God, we acknowledge the fact of what Christ has done for us on the cross. And we acknowledge that the fact that He is the Messiah, He is the one called Christ, and that He is the one, that I am He, that we have embraced, that we have had that salvation, that we have that love, that we have the gift of eternal life, that our sins have been forgiven past, present, and future. Believe that, and you will walk, in that spirit, and in that truth. You will walk in that act of worship in everything that we do. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion. And as we celebrate communion and we do that publicly, it's a reminder that it is an act of worship. And God wants us to freely interact with him. And we do that when we publicly take communion together as a body of believers in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for this time of communion that we have that it is a continuation of our act of worship this morning. And God remind us that that act of worship is an ongoing process within our lives. God, we thank you that you forgive us of our sins and that you love us just the way we are. Thank you, God, for this time of communion. In Christ's name, amen. receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me let us partake together in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please turn with me to number 275 for our closing hymn, Fairest Lord Jesus, number 275. Gracious God, thank you for accepting and receiving our act of worship this morning. And God, help us to worship you all day long in spirit and in truth. We need your help because we can't do it on our own. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you've reminded us this morning that worship is for us. And we praise you. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.
1: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?